Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, evening, or night, everybody. I am uh, Jackson. I'm Hutch. And we're we're back with Life on the Vine. Yep. With Jackson and Hutch. Yeah. It's good to be chatting with you, Jackson. Good to be chatting at you. Listener. Listener. Yeah. Yeah. How uh how are things going? Yeah, things going well? Yeah, I'd say things are going pretty well. Yeah. Lots of going... uh family time, which is good and tiring. Yeah, but, it's you know. it's uh we had a snow day recently. Yep. It's a little different when you have kids. Just a bit. Day is off. Yeah. Time away. Yeah. Vacation. Uh, I, vacation. It's I just was, parenting uh, in a different place. One of the other pastors had some study leave recently, and I was talking to them, and they went to New Jersey and spent time in there with a friend and sat in front of a fire and read the whole week. I'm not proud of this, but my initial reaction was something along the lines of, I hate you. <laughs> Not true, but yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. I remember when stuff like that was possible. Possible, yeah. yeah. I mean, it still is. The kids go to bed. But but then you do all the things that you should have done during the day that you didn't have time to do. Do you? That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a bit of that. There's that's that. life on the farm for you. That's li- <laughs> you got to do your chores. That's Doesn't matter when you do them. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, so what are we talking about? Uh, well, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. So we're continuing that, um, series. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. And so we've, we've made our way through quite a few of them so far. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. goodness. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we're on goodness. We really did have to sing the song to figure out where we were. Which one we were on. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I think that's where the note changes in the song. I could be wrong. It's not really important. Anyways, goodness. <laughs> I was going to say that statement can cover like half of our podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> like that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, that's not yeah. very important. That's not very important. <laughs> but we'll keep it in. Goodness. Gracious. You know, goodness is an interesting word. That So two things. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go. I never okay. know where this is going to go. But two yeah, two things immediately pop in mind. One was, you know, asking you how things have been going, and being corrected about am I doing well or am I doing good? Are mm-hmm. things good? You know, like that. Those those are different words, and good has a distinct meaning from like wellness. Okay. Um. I don't know if you ever got correct in your grammar. Like, I'm good. Like, no, you're doing well. Would be the proper, like... Sure. I got corrected on that growing up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone else did. Uh, Well, we live in Oklahoma where we say (laughs) things a little different here. (laughs) We're very posh in Washington. Very posh. Yes. Yes. No, I, I did get corrected in my grammar, but not on that particular... Yeah use of yeah grammar but i think what it points to this is this is my this is my segue uh is that 
good in many ways is immediately taking us into the realm of the moral or it's Ooh, taking us yeah. into the realm of the ethical mm-hmm. it's it's sort of a a judgment word and well is more of a state of being word mm. okay and i think that's grammatically what was being differentiated for me yeah um so the state first, of your being is things positive. are going well things are going yeah. positive but it's not making a moral ethical judgment about anything yeah and again i don't this is we 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 use good really to mean well when we say i'm good we're not making a moral or ethical statement about ourselves we're not saying that i am morally upright or i am righteous um, we are just simply saying that things are going well, that things are positive. I don't have any, I don't know, maybe I'm not sick. I'm, you know, whatever, but that's, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> are you sick? <laughs> Timing of that was really perfect. Yeah, I know, I know. So, that's, uh, yeah. It was unfortunate. Yeah. So, anyways, and then the second thing that popped into my mind was when the rich young man comes up to Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And, uh, which sometimes I just love how Jesus responds to people. Yeah. It's like, let me up your question with a something else. But anyways, so that only God is good, right? Amen. Um, so what does that tell us about goodness? What is that what is that is that a, is there what what does that tell us about it being fruit of the spirit? Those are those are my two initial thoughts. Yeah. And I think we can springboard off of them or you can take Uh we else, absolutely but. can. Um are you looking for a drink? Did you bring a drink? Is that what you're looking for? Ha, he found it. I found it. Ha. It was hide- we switched seats today. Not like you sat in my seat and I sat in yours. Like we just yeah. rotated around the room. I just switched sides of the room. Yeah. I'm feeling very inspired because my previous seat, I was looking across at a brick wall, which I like. I like brick. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. Is brick good? I don't know, but I like it. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> it depends on what you do with the brick. That's what you do with the brick. The brick is just an instrument. Um, but now I get to look at all these inspiring quotes by. Watchman Nee and Mother Teresa and G.K. Chesterton. I get to see art by yeah. one Jenny Dollahan. So this is this is a little more inspirational, I think. Yeah, I um, have definitely cheated and used some of those quotes during <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's right in front of me. You know, what Watchman I- Nee once said. <laughs> You know, what I've always said is that the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It's just been found difficult and left untried. That's that's usually what I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chesterton. Yeah. If that's pretty you good. Know. Yeah. It's pretty good. It is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, no, I think what you say, going back to kind of the actual point of things, I think what you say about us kind of using good in an incorrect way it it's it kind of dilutes it right and i think that we find this with our language um 
maybe it's just because I'm getting old and crotchety. I don't know. But it's more like words are being used for things that they don't actually mean, yeah. which I know like language does that. That's yeah, how we get slang and, and it changes, evolves and it changes. Yeah. yeah. But more and more some, I mean, I mean, we're getting away from like words actually having meaning and the meaning particular yeah. things. And so we, when we use them in a quote unquote incorrect way, then then that dilutes the meaning or it changes the meaning. And then now it becomes really hard to say what we actually mean. Yeah. And we have more and more where we're saying things or I'm hearing things from people and I have no idea what they're actually saying because mm-hmm. I don't know what they mean. And we're having to read between the lines more and more because people aren't clear with what they're saying, even though they think that they're clear with what they're saying what they're saying is unclear because it's not what they mean. Yeah. And I'm very guilty of that as well. Um, to it, I think most people are, especially when they become comfortable in relationships, they can um, think that somebody has like a sixth sense about what they actually mean instead of mm-hmm. saying like what they actually mean or desire in that say moment. Say what you mean to say. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, think yeah, I, th- I think it's true. I think that that's really interesting that good has kind of taken that route, mm-hmm. good and bad. Yeah. Um. Because I had not really considered that they are like really. It's really more of moral language. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Um, I just hadn't really considered it. And I'm very guilty of saying I'm good, right? Yeah, yeah well, me too. And, but I'm also really good at uh, recognizing that I am not good. Mm. I'm doing well. I was about to say doing good. <laughs> <laughs> but I am not good. Yeah. Um, and that kind of gets me to where I think what my first thought goes to lots of songs, you know, talk about the goodness of God. And Mm -hmm. like, we see lots of scriptures talking about the goodness of God and that all good comes from God. And there was a preacher guy who was on, he was being interviewed and I can't remember what the interview was actually about, but he wasn't being interviewed about this at all. Um, It was some social commentary kind of thing on an NPR show. Okay. And he started saying something of like, and he started getting very agitated. Mm-hmm. And the interviewer was like, uh, Reverend so-and-so, I got to just say, you seem a little worked up right now. Like, this is not really what I expected from somebody in your position. And like, yeah. those are some harsh words. And he's like, what, you don't think that the Holy Spirit's the only thing holding me together? That's the difference between me and somebody who's in jail for murder? Like, mm. if it was left to me, I mm. probably would have killed people by now. But it's not me, thank yeah. God. It's the Holy Spirit in me. And that, like, really, really mm. resonated with me, that he really did give credit to God and to the Holy Spirit that the good things that are in his life, what separates yeah. him from bad or evil things is not his willpower. 
it is God alone mm-hmm. and the grace of God alone that has enabled him to do or not do certain things. Yeah. And the interviewer was really taken aback by that and really didn't know how to respond to that. And it just really resonated with me because I, f- I feel that way sometimes. Oh, not sometimes. I, I feel that way um, that it, and there's b- very few people that I've had conversations with that open up enough to say some of the things that I feel and some of the things that I, I think. Like, I don't, I do think that we are all capable of like murder and really like heinous things. Yeah. And we're not really <clears throat> that far separated from those things. Yeah. And in my life, at least, that the reason that I'm not, the reason that I would think that people would put me maybe in the category of a, quote, good person is not because I have cultivated good Mm -hmm. in my own life. It's because I've surrendered those really not good places of my life to God, and he's taken those broken pieces and made them into something good. And if I were to relinquish that surrender, if I were to try to grab a hold of that again, like that would all fall apart again. So like his Holy Spirit is the common thread that's holding me together to do the very most basic good. Hmm. Not like extreme good, just basic, not be evil. I, I think that's that's so good. I appreciate you sharing that, both the story and then just, just personally. And I think that so when, when you were talking, I think it brings up for me sort of a, to me, what is a, a fundamental biblical truth, theological reality that we believe as Christians, but maybe is less popular than it used to be and definitely is, I would say, rejected by the world which is uh, just sin, mm-hmm. like sin nature. And the, the reality of original sin, the reality that um, goodness does not come innately, that goodness in that ultimate sense does not come intuitively, but it's a gift, that it's, it's a gift of God, that on our own, and, and it's a gift of the presence of the Spirit and and even you know Jesus common like no one is good except God alone right I mean that's goodness doesn't come until we're connected to the Spirit and it comes through the Spirit it's a gift of the Spirit and I and I think that that's really really essential for both understanding the gospel both like our need for Christ and then how do we because we all want to be good I, I think everyone wants to be good and wants to do good things and I think wants to be known as good. Um, Maybe not everyone. Most people, I think, have some desire. But I think what we often sort of, our, our, our attempts at that are self-motivated. They're, you know, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've talked about habits and, you know, the backside of that is, you know, what, what's the habit? What's the practice? What's the New Year's resolution? Like, how do I build myself, force myself into, quote unquote, goodness? And there's this, you know, theme and thread throughout the scriptures that that 
that's impossible. Like you're never going to make yourself good. You're never going to, um, and maybe we should talk about sort of the, the, I think there may be tiers of goodness that we can talk about. Yeah. Um, but, but ultimately from, from a, a standpoint of, of what is good in God's eyes, what is ultimately good, we can never do that apart from the spirit. We can never live that way apart from the spirit. We can never enter into goodness apart from the spirit. Um, and I do think that even that takes some amount of surrender, takes some amount of humility. I think that one of the hardest things for people is to like let go of self-sufficiency. And I think in some sense, the belief that like we are good innately and if we just have the right opportunities and the right people in our lives and the right resources, then we can do good things on our own. Um, that's like hard to let go of. I think, I think it, yeah, it takes a certain like, I don't know if it's humility or like a different view of the world to be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly rags. You know yeah. <laughs> what I bring, what I bring to God and like, he created me good. Like creation is good. And that's not lost. That's diminished. It's broken, shattered these different ways we have of talking about it. But insofar as sin has entered the world, our capacity for goodness is um, severely limited to broken. And and again, I do think there's we there's maybe tiering or like ways so to talk about. That, I think but. that it's really interesting that you talked about that we were created good, right? Yes, because I think that there is a resonance in us that even though sin has entered into us and that we are far from God, which is which means that we're far from good. Yeah. There's a remembering of this thing of good. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a mm-hmm. completely foreign concept to us because yeah. like, there's something about us that remembers good yes. within us. Yeah. Right? And maybe well, and- we're void of that now, you know, or at that point, yeah. you know, but before we receive Holy Spirit. Um, but... W- we kind of remember and we're trying to get yeah. back to that yeah. good thing. I, and that causes us to strive totally. and, and to create, to be honest, to create structures of good. Because I yeah. think that, you know, that's like what the whole point of the law, not like yes. the I mean, no, yes, the right. law in the Bible, but also like the law of the U.S., you know, yeah. like state laws and federal laws. Yeah. It's to law promote criminal activity and like, good moral. Yes. And I think we there there's a some sense, yeah. and this, you know, this Lewis and others have used this in terms in apologetics and argument for creation and cre- our creator. I mean, um, but I but I think that leaving that aside for the moment, like we, we I love the idea of like a remembrance, but we recognize yeah recognize goodness yeah. when we see it, um, and and I think that. This is maybe a path that's beyond the scope of this episode. I, I do think that the more you get disconnected from a particular worldview, and I would say from like a God who sets goodness on a foundation, then I think the agreement on what is good begins to quickly sort of shift. But at the same time, who sees like someone caring for their child? and thinks that's bad you know like i think most of us all of us have an innate sense like that's a good thing you know someone caring for a stranger or helping a elderly person to cross the street and walking with them when it's snowing outside right like 
I, I, I think, I think I can say it doesn't matter who you are. You see that and you think that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, like, and I, I think that speaks to that. It's, it's internal, but we also have this like external view and we see yeah. the world of like, there is something that is good and we want to attain to that. And now I think, you know, we do then have a, there are some things that we can agree upon. I think most people would say, you know, murder's not good. Um, when we get into maybe more specifics, then it's dicey. Yeah. Apart from a foundation. Yeah. That's outside of us. That's outside of me. What yeah. I think is good. Um, and when my like selfishness comes into conflict with you, then my view of goodness can quickly become selfish, self-focused. You know, I, I want the last donut. Yeah, well, and it's going to be good for me. It's a good thing for right. me. To, yeah. Becomes yeah. relative. Becomes relative. And maybe point. maybe I'm actually helping you by eating that final donut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that's good be. for you yeah. as well. But, um, you know, and uh, that's maybe a, a little different I think arena, when you talk about that we can recognize good and we can see like, okay, those things are good. I think that that also sort of lends itself to maybe like humanism that I see somebody doing something good and those acts, the, the logical jump is those acts make them good. Right. And, but I think that we all know that sure our actions speak louder than our words and our character is built up of our, built up of our actions, but there's also, we're really good at acting, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. We're really good at playing pretend. Yeah. And so we can quickly fool ourselves into I've done X, Y, and Z actions that are good. So the the logical next step is as long as I can be above net zero good. Yeah, I've got the scales and have yes, I done more good? Than bad. Then that makes me a good person. And it's like, no, that yeah. makes you have – you've done good acts, but that doesn't make yeah. you as a person yeah. good. And I – if I've if I've said this before recently, then stop me. But uh, we're going through Romans on Sunday mornings, and uh, I've talked about Francis Schaeffer in his little commentary on Romans, and I think he says this elsewhere. But uh, talking about the sort of chapters, the end of chapter one through the beginning of chapter three, where Paul's laying out the case for sort of all humanity being under sin, mm-hmm. and doesn't matter, you know, how moral you are whatever and and so francis schaefer he has this thought experiment something along the lines of you have a recorder with you your entire life and every time you make a judgment it records it like oh that person uh, shouldn't have cut me off or that that person is not being thoughtful or that you know whatever and then at the end of time God judges you on no standard other than your own. And he just plays back the tape recorder and says, how'd you do? And his assessment is that the reality is none of us would even live up to our own standard. Yeah. You know, none of us at the end of the day, if we really are being honest and taking everything into account would have anywhere near balanced scales, even according to our own view of what was good and what was not good well, you know like even on even under that we would fail yeah and I, I think we we just we get really good at ignoring or we don't notice all of the judgments all of the 
things that we're doing that um, maybe are not good. I think we, we, we become immune to them yeah. so often, right? Desensitized and to them. Desensitized to them. And um, I see that played out gigantically. I, I mean, middle schoolers, are they're just the best case study for yeah. faith and life, yeah. honestly, <laughs> yeah. because the ability to hear instruction try to force other people to adhere <laughs> to that instruction and then yes. completely disregard it personally themselves yes. because they believe themselves either above it or to yeah. have grasped it and moved on to something higher. Yeah. And I'm trying to help them do this, yet they're not following the same standard is unbelievable. Yeah. It like yeah. and I say unbelievable it's massive. It's just like, it's yeah. very like screaming in your face. And then I go home and I'm like, I can't believe these kids and they do that. And then I find myself doing the same thing. Yeah. Like not the same thing that I've instructed them to do and like not living to yeah. those instructions, yeah. but the inconsistency of mm-hmm. holding other people to a standard that I'm yeah, either not willing or not consciously like, um, I'm not consciously um, well, aware of or aware or, of. Yeah, is that I what guess. You're thinking like, yeah, yeah, intentional about. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not intentional enough about it to like actually care and adhere to it. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, it's very humbling. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I can go home and I can be like, oh. I can't believe so and so kid I like said this and then they argued back with me and I'm like but you're not doing the instruction. Yeah. And uh that gets thrown back in my face by my 6-year-old of like dad you're not doing that. <laughs> like oh shoot. Okay. Oh man. Yeah, I gosh, I I really do getting frustrated with kids. And I think for me, it's like having having kids particularly, but like getting frustrated with kids not listening or ignoring you or I mean, we had something recently where, you know, Ed- Edmund asked the same question like five times and Hannah and I just kind of look at each other and laugh and it's like, are we taking crazy pills? You know, yeah. uh, and I just I, I think I find myself thinking more and more. It's like, man, that is. Yeah, that's me. That's like that's me with God. That, yeah. that is that is so much the reality of like, how many times do I have to tell you? I just get these ridiculous. like little drops of like, and I know that it's like the Holy Spirit just being like, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, dang, <laughs> oh man, man. yeah, oh, calling man. me out on my crap, Holy Spirit. That's like, so what are you doing? True. Oh, it's so true. And it's with like a tongue-in-cheek little giggle, and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, it, I, yeah, it does. I think every once in a while I get that same little. Yep. Uh, we get a, we get a twofer in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> freshman in college we had to take one semester a minimum intro to philosophy Mm -hmm. 
and on the first, maybe it was the second day, because the first day is always like syllabus day, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. But the first real day of instruction, um, we were asked, are humans inherently good? Mm. And I was the only one in my class that said humans are inherently bad. Mm. And pariah. Yeah, it was. I think that's what maybe made me not like philosophy. <laughs> you know, and it it informs the rest of how you look at that philosophy, right? That we have the ability to make a good choice here. So mm-hmm. to say we subscribe to this philosophy or to that philosophy because we and and the whole intro point was, you know, to mirror two very drastically different ways of thinking of how the world should or does operate or what like moral codes of things and trying to debate them back and forth of which one has the most merit or whatever. And, um, yeah, to presume to think that we can figure that one out is idiotic Mm -hmm. in my view. And so I just, didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. So I didn't pursue that one any further. But it was also just telling and very interesting. And the grad student that was teaching, come to find out, that's just was part of her research hmm. of just of like how people viewed themselves and viewed humanity in, in general. And there were some yeah. other follow-up questions to that yeah. throughout the semester. And I don't know whatever became of her yeah. research. But yeah. um, she told us like at the end that across the... Um, freshman at OSU that took philosophy that semester, which was my first semester. Um, they, I think it was something like 800 and something students mm-hmm. and eight of them thought that humans were inherently bad. Wow. Or inherently not good, I think yeah. is the phrase. Yeah. Not you know, good. not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that I'd be curious what, yeah, research like that. Cause I do think, and we've asked the question, you know, here with youth and in groups and, and I do think you get sometimes people asking like, well, what do you mean by, what do you mean by good? Or, you know, are you talking creation goodness or, you yeah. know, students like, well, God's created and it was good. So yes, we're good. And, and there was some of that, like once but we opened that, that up for discussion, yeah. you know, like, oh no, humans are created good. Yeah. And it's like, but that wasn't but the I question guess that, that was like, asked. Inherently, yeah. people would say, yeah. And I and I do think, I mean, I think that particularly apart from sort of a divine standard, I do think that you know we see people doing things right that we that we think are are good. Yeah. And um. And I think that's, I know people talk about natural law, there's different ways to talk about it, but I, I think as a, for me, it's like one of the ways in which we see the grace of God extended far beyond anything we could ask or imagine. It's not just, you know, Christians that are capable of doing good things. It's not just Christians that do good things. It's not just Christians that have made good, um, I did air quotations there, uh, <laughs> good advances that have been yeah. helpful for the world. Like I, th- I, I, I see that as, as an indicator of God's prolific grace that extends to, even to those that do not 
like know him. Yeah, to, to the do extent, things that are helpful and beneficial and yeah, to the extent but, that becomes normal, that becomes yeah, baseline in society. Yeah. Right, but that does not make us good, particularly in in the standpoint of good in relation to a holy God. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's where part of this is like we we do have a different standard as as followers of Christ and people. We were, I don't some conversation we were talking about like uh have you seen the monty python video of the man who tries to jump the english channel have i brought that up again no i like do you ever feel like you're talking and teaching in like different arenas and you're like have i used that yes here (laughs) so uh it's a great video it's very very funny and it's like (laughs) someone of winchester and he's going to be the first human to jump the english channel (laughs) and uh they ask him like what's your longest jump up to this point he's like 12 12 feet but i did get 12 and a half but it wasn't recorded and they're like well it makes you think you're gonna be able to jump like 26 miles and he's like well my manager told me uh and it's a really good point that you have more incentive to stay in the air when there's water under you so um if i can get a good breeze i should be able to land right in paris and you know it's like it's monty python it's ridiculous and um and then he's being sponsored by a brick company so he has to carry a bag of bricks with him (laughs) <laughs> so, he like runs and barely makes it past the surf you know yeah. and and it's like i can out jump edmund he doesn't admit it but like yeah. you know i can out jump edmund but like you know comparing me to an olympic athlete you know it's like it's like when we compare like oh am i as good as jackson am i as good as my my child my four-year-old child you know th- that's sort of our range of comparison but like when we think about God, it's like, okay, can you jump the English Channel? Of course not. Yeah. You know, maybe I can jump a couple stairs. Yeah. I, anyways, yeah. I think that's sort of when we're when we're talking about goodness in the biblical sense. When Jesus says no one is good except God alone, we're not talking about do we ever do things that could be qualified as good. You know, we're talking yeah. about um, really a moral sense of goodness in relation to an ultimately good and holy God. Um, and the only way in which we have anything like that goodness or can be brought into that goodness is through adoption, is through the Spirit, is yeah. through redemption. Yeah, and 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 not even just through adoption. I mean, we get all the... If we... I, I guess I'm getting into semantics here because yeah, like if no, we are adopted get into semantics. If we are adopted by the Holy Spirit yet we don't live by the Holy Spirit, then we're gonna lack that too. Yeah. Right? It's yeah, not Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, because because we but on the flip side of that, there are things just like all these fruits of the spirit, there are things that we can do to promote this in our life, right? Yes. Yeah. And there are things that we can do to like quench these things yeah. in our life. Yeah. And like I said before, we're really good at acting. And so sometimes we can see goodness modeled to us and we yeah. can pick up on that. And that's a great way to promote goodness in our own life, right? Yeah. And not goodness. I think when we talk about the fruit of the spirit being of goodness, I think we one talk about goodness from God and that we're not good. And we've kind of covered that one. Yeah. And then we start to move in the direction of not goodness for us, but mm. goodness f- 
from us. Mm-hmm. It's really God's goodness yeah. being extended again. And yeah, so yeah. I think sometimes when we talk about the goodness of God, it's the things that we have received, mm-hmm. which is true, mm-hmm. right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we're talking about goodness of the fruit of the Spirit, it's no longer what we're receiving, it's but what How we're, we're living, or we're what living we're, and what we're showing. Putting forth. And putting yeah, forth, yeah. right. Yeah, totally. And so... I do think that in that aspect, there are some tangible things that we can do to promote that that goodness. Yeah. And one of those things, or I think the first step to that is eliminating badness, right? Because I think that badness, it 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 taints everything. It mm-hmm. leaks into the goodness and skews the the goodness. And the more bad that we harbor, the more not good that we harbor. Yeah the more our quote-unquote goodness lacks a punch, right? This kind of reminds me of a conversation we had a long, long time about the good wolf and the bad wolf. Yeah. And like, which one do you feed? Yeah, which one do you feed? Steve Wilson. Yeah, good old Steve. Shout out. We need to have Steve back on. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's true. So, and I wonder if maybe taking a step back to, I think there's... I'm thinking about passages like, <clears throat> if anything is good, if if anything is right, if anything is pleasing, like meditate on such things, or, um, you know, one of Dr. Miller's favorite verses of try to find out what is pleasing to the yeah. Lord, you know, and I do I do wonder if I think part of attentiveness to the Spirit and part of like the importance of reading Scripture and being in community and and Bible study and and those things is that. I don't know that we're always attuned to what is good and what is bad. And so I I don't know that we can always enact those things apart from having examined the scriptures and meditated on it and begun and like being shaped by God's view of of what is a good. Um, And, and and maybe some of those are, you know, I I don't know, like, like love, like meditating on, the nature of, of love in First Corinthians 13 and it's patient and it's kind and it's, wait, it's gentle goodness. You know, it's like, yeah. it's basically for the spirit. Yeah. You know, but like, um, so what is it, you know, what is, what is goodness enacted? What does it look like in the context of seeking to love people? What is, um, anyway, yeah. I almost think that that starts a little bit more basic. Like, I I agree with what you're saying, but I think that we can chop it down to a little bit more, like, nuts and bolts. That's great. Just easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's what Hannah's always asking me to do in my sermons. Uh, She's always like, it's like her biggest uh, encouragement. It's like, something nuts and boltsy. Nuts and boltsy. Something... It's not just theory. Where yeah. You walk out and you're like, oh, that was nice. But, and, and I know we got, we talked about the law and we kind of got into that. But, but if we look at the, the Ten Commandments, the first thing we do is we look at God mm-hmm. and we hold nothing 
yeah. above God, yes. and we worship God, yes. and we worship Him alone. Yes, and that is going to do exactly what you were kind of of saying about ruminate. That's going to yeah, cause yeah. us to ruminate on love and to yes. meditate on that, and to how do we actually enact that? And then that kind of moves us towards these. Okay, now this is how we're going to treat other people, and it it doesn't start with be kind. It's mm-hmm. it starts with don't suck. Okay. We're going to have the bar be <laughs> don't suck. All right? And then yeah. we're going to work from there. Let's not steal. Let's yeah. not kill. Let's not bear like lie and bear false witness and let's yeah. not w- want and desire things that aren't yours. Yeah. Cuz that's going to lead to you lying and stealing and, and then maybe people. killing somebody yeah. for it. So yeah. that is like our yeah. baseline just don't suck. And then we'll work on being nice. Okay? <laughs> and I think a lot of times when we talk about goodness, we think that that's interpreted as niceness. Yeah. Like, oh, what does it mean to be good? Oh, to be nice to people, yeah. right? And I think being nice to people is actually levels up. Mm. I think basic goodness is don't suck, is don't kill people, don't <laughs> steal things, and and don't lie. Yeah, and I think I mean I think it's it's really that yeah. basic. And well, especially I think when you that, throw in don't cover, like don't desire things that other people yeah, have. Then like suddenly the bar for right. don't suck becomes like ooh ooh. But I was good until you got. But yeah, well until you get there, and then you think, okay, how do I do that? And if we're doing the first five things, mm-hmm. which is looking towards God, and we're not holding things or desires or any of that above God, then that's going to spur us and make that don't suck a lot easier. And it's just a big cycle that allows us to then, okay, I've got these basics covered and I'm going to keep this wheel going. Like I'm going to keep, no, yeah, yeah. I see what you're, yeah. Um, I'm going to keep this wheel going of, of this, this cycle of, okay, and don't suck. And the way that I don't mm-hmm. suck is I look back to God and I I worship him and see yeah. his goodness and I model that. And and then we see Jesus who's like, okay, you heard it said that yeah. don't suck. Well, I'm telling you, okay, if you've done these things, then you actually have sucked. Okay. Yeah. You think yeah. you've avoided sucking and yeah. it's like, ooh, okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> then we work on that a little bit more and it's the Holy Spirit working on that. And then by God's grace alone, because there's been no other human being that's been able to just like radiate goodness out mm-hmm. of them and yeah. to make things right just by being yeah. and making the correct decision. Um, then we get into good, beautiful things. Yeah. The structures of our society that are good have always come from God, either in God's law that he gave to Moses mm-hmm. and to the Israelites in the beginning. Lots yeah. of things that covered them and protected them from mm-hmm. practical ways of living by his instructions. Or from Jesus and the Holy Spirit's power enabling yeah. the disciples to go out and love the widow and the orphan, to take yeah. care of the sick, yeah. to, um, to support and be champions for those who are on the margins. And from that, we have entire political structures that have 
safe social safety nets, whatever you think about them, like it protects a certain group of people. Hospitals. And you know, the whole like Ortberg thing that he does where he like lists all the like amazing things that have come out of Christian community and just loving other people. Who is this man? Yeah, exactly. That thing. Which is amazing if you haven't heard him talk about that, you go listen to it. Yeah. But anyway, I just think it's a little bit more nuts and bolts. So like, yeah. focus on him yeah. and worry about not sucking. Yeah. And, and the rest of maybe, that will come if you yeah. go back to focusing on him. Yeah. I, I love that. And and one thing I might add is in the context of don't suck is you know, letting go of idols. Uh, maybe, maybe there's, I'm trying to think of a less like spiritual, biblical way to say it. But yeah. I think of, you know, the young man, you know, good teacher, what must I do? keep the commandments i've done them i've not sucked it's like well mostly but money has a grip on you yeah you know so go sell everything you have and give to the poor and or you know john calvin says like the human heart is an idle factory not idle doesn't do anything but it it's creates, it creates demigods ideas. you know and, and i think that part of and I, and I do think like the more we focus on christ and the more that as you talk about sort of that that cycle, then the more that we are aware of those idols in our lives. But I think that's that's part of too in response to Christ. As Christ becomes more beautiful, as Christ becomes more winsome, as Christ becomes greater in our eyes, then we also I think become aware of the things that that create a veil between us or mm-hmm. that get in the way or that distract us or that take our attention and then learning to um to put those things aside, learning to lay them down, learning to, you know, whatever, whatever the language you want to use, I think is also part of, um, part of it. And, and I do think those things get in the way of, of goodness. I mean, even, and, and I don't know, like, I think of, I think of C.S. Lewis's book, The Four Loves, and he talks about, um, sort of different there's like natural love of family and then there's love of country and there's you know, love of like brotherly or sisterly love and then there's you know agape love biblical love and sort of his encouragement is that all the other loves have sort of have to come under the authority if you will of god's love and the mm-hmm. self-sacrificial love and then even you know like loving your family would all say is a good thing but we see tribalism and we see like love of family that leads to a lack of care for someone else or a, a I'm going to protect me and mine. Mm-hmm. And now I become defensive and combative and I don't want to share what I have, you know, like it, that's sort of antithetical to the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, and so recognizing like even that, like I'm no longer being good <laughs> because this has become an island. It can be good. Mm-hmm. It, it is like God desire, and it, it's it's naturally is a good, but it needs its proper place um, in the economy of, of of like loving God first and foremost. So, all comes back to I think you're right, focusing on God first and foremost, and drawing near and seeking Him out. Um, but just that, yeah, just that putting to death of idols and and like naming them. I think it's just another thing that was coming into my head as you were talking. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're, I, I just, we're there. We're there. Yeah. Okay. But you can. 
Well, so I, I, I'd be curious and we don't have to talk about this longer at all, but raising kids, uh-huh. a conversation that I've had with various parents is around using the language of good. Okay. Um, and I, I just, so I'm curious, like, how do we in the church think about raising kids in goodness, yeah. toward goodness? And I think, obviously, we want to raise them, first and foremost, pointed and directed toward Christ, right? And that's your your thing. Um, but I also think we have the opportunity to enforce, to reinforce, to encourage toward goodness, toward things that are good, and away from things that are bad, to name those things. Um, but I also know... Like, I don't know. It's easy to use the word good, like Edmund put on his pants. Like, good job, you know. Um, and is that, or you, I don't know, competed in sports. You did a, you know, good job, good boy. You know, like, whatever. You you, And is that making, like, and anyways, there's, there's at least a school of thought of, like, encouraging the, Sort of like I'm doing well. Like, hey, you seem to really love what you're doing, yeah. or like I really enjoyed watching you. I, I don't know. Like taking yeah. it away from a moral judgment of like whether you scored a goal is a moral thing, or whether you put on your pants is a moral thing. Now, if you're just a, if you're not listening to me, then maybe it yeah. becomes moral. But yeah. Um. Any, anyways, that that's you know I'm I think curious that's where we've kind of diluted the word good because yeah. I think when parents do that, and I do that. Um, and I don't think that telling my kids good job is like something to necessarily, uh, stray away from because I think what that is modeling is the father's delight in us. This Mm -hmm. is my son with whom I am well pleased. And that's what we're expressing is a pride and a pleasure in our offspring being able to function in ways that we desire. Yeah. Yeah, them to function. Yeah, whether that's you put on your pants, that's a win. Like, <laughs> that's a win. I am well pleased <laughs> that you put on your yeah. pants by yourself and you're ready in time. Like, woohoo! Yeah. Or, wow, you have this natural gifting and ability, and yeah. you put it to use today. Yeah. Like, yeah, good job. Or you respected your body today by making it move and yeah. You know, exercising and yeah. are you're you're doing maintenance on the temple of God. Like I'm yeah. pleased with that. That's yeah. a, and it's pleasing to watch our kids engage in things that make them happy and that are joyous to them. Like mm. that's pleasing to us. And yeah. so I think that there is in some inherent goodness yeah. in that. Like even moral good, goodness. What it makes me think of creation. Yeah. Like at the end of each day, God says it was good. It was good, right? right? Which is a moral thing, but it's also a delight thing. Yeah, and I, mean, I think those. I think that's a really good. So when we when we yeah. tell our kids good job, I think it's less. All right, morally you were correct, it, and and it's more of like, I'm taking joy in yeah. observing you yeah. or watching you become. I'm taking yeah. delight, and maybe that's. Maybe we need I'll, to say I'll, what we mean. I delight in no, you, son. Well, I know I, I like that though, but I think that to tie it back, I think what I don't know. I, I love the idea that goodness and delight are are connected because I think ultimately what what goodness lived 
is delighting to God because it's living according to God's plan and purpose and it's living into the fullness of what God has in store and on offer, right? Like, and we can't do that if we're living in the suckiness of life. Yeah. Then we're missing out on God's goodness and on God's abundance. And I do think like there isn't sort of a quote unquote, maybe ethical reality to the things that we do that, in which God can delight and living into that delight and receiving that delight and, and hearing those words with you, I'm well pleased. So I think maybe if we did want to change our semantics, we would just have to, it just feels very British, British to say, well done. Well you done. Know, well done. Well done. Lad. Well done. Yeah. And yeah. that those are kind of curse words here in Oklahoma. You don't want your meat well done. That's true. That's like, <laughs> that is a, woo, yucky. Yeah. Though, why do they call it well done? Though I have to say, with the whole world of barbecue, I guess it is well done. It's like beyond well done. I mean, think about just like a scaling temperature of beef. Like 129 is rare, 135 is medium rare, and you want your barbecue at what, like 200? Yeah, 220. 220 for hours for and hours. But yeah, but you're breaking down fat and collagen. I know, in yeah, ways that are different uh, yeah. than, than are putting it's very, it very, into it the meat. It is very different. Very different. I'm just, I'm just. And those were usually done with poorer cuts of meat. Yeah, you know, not as desirable cuts of meats. Yes, so you had to. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah, I'm not knocking any of it. It's just, I'm knocking a well done steak. Oh, absolutely! (laughs) I will knock that every. That is not good. God saw the well done steak, and it was not good. (laughs) Please don't order it well done. Oh, please don't. No. You know what? What is? I I think I've, I've I've done this a couple times. If you're in like a low lit room or, you know, like someone comes over and you know, cooking that or I've done camping, like people uh-huh. want a well done steak. No one actually wants a well done steak. Yeah. They think they do. But if you just like dim the lights and cook it rare or medium rare, they will say they're this like, is, oh, this they're is like, really this good. is the best steak I've ever had. Like, Cause, yeah, because you've yeah. been eating leather your whole life. <laughs> Not good. That's no. why you have jaw problems. <laughs> Exactly. Might as well just chew on a football. <laughs> and it's such a waste when you pay this money for a beautiful steak. And then you, although, like and again, this too. is and a little hard. But like, yeah, this is a little bit different because you got to get some like, what is it, flank steak or something like that, and you yeah. get up some like carne asada. That's always done well, right? Yeah. But it's got some other stuff in it that, yeah, and it's always chewy, you know, a little bit. Yeah, but that's kind of yeah. the. It's kind of like getting a lemon meringue pie from like a diner. Like you know, it's gonna have that like weird film yeah, on yeah, it, but yeah. for some it's reason, like, that's like my favorite exactly texture in right all now. of the food. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I do think like yeah, I mean the because you're with you know the with the steak. What you're going for is you're going for the Maillard reaction on the surface, uh-huh. that nice caramelization, yep. a nice crust, and then the juiciness in the. And I've actually. I was a I was a rare person for a long long time, uh-huh. and I'm a, I'm pretty solidly medium rare, because of what you said about that. I think it's a little a little more heat actually causes the fat to render a little bit better into the meat, and actually makes for a juicier juicier steak. Which is why I'm a ribeye person instead of a filet mignon person. Yeah, you are. As filet mignon, you're doing it wrong. I mean, I. I say that I will still eat that. No, I every, mean they're like very the tender, time. but they do yes. not have as much flavor. Exactly. Yeah. What you really need to do is take the the top of the ribeye, 
Mm-hmm. And then wrap that up and make it look like a filet mignon. Because oh. you know it's the cap of the ribeye that's yeah. like the best the of the best. Yeah. And then wrap it up, make it look like a filet mignon. You know, wrap a little like put your twine around it. And You're all about this deception and trickery <laughs> in, the, in the culinary areas. Yeah, that's well done, play. <laughs> it's a medium rare ribeye. <laughs> You'll love it. Just trust me. Oh, man. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up because yeah. I am 15 minutes late to my next thing. But oh, yeah. And I got to go do stuff. Yeah. I'm sure. Stuff. Yeah. Jackson, it's always a pleasure. Always, Dan. It's never enough. Hutch. Never enough time. Nah. Yeah. It's probably too much time for our listeners. Yeah, I know. They're all like, oh, gosh, turn this thing off already. <laughs> it's like, I already turned it off. I didn't even hear this. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Jackson, thanks for chatting. Thanks to Eric for the music. Peace.